I'm sure we've heard often enough about the limitations of BMI as a weight and health assessment and how some All Blacks will be considered in danger territory because of high BMI, which doesn't seem to make sense. There's uh, more to the whole area of overweight, some of which may be new to us. Joining us is Stanford University's Dr. Maya Martha, who's a a statistician, but also an assistant professor at Stanford's Quantitative Sciences Unit, which exists within its Biomedical Informatics Research Division. She's run a study with her mother, who is also a doctor and involved in biomedical research. Maya, good morning from us. How are you? Doing well. Thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Shall we remind people as we begin how they can measure their BMI so they can maybe even do that as we talk if they haven't done this calculation before? Yeah, sure. There's uh, multiple online calculators to help people calculate BMI, but uh, it's it's just weight in kilograms divided by the square of height in meters. And I noticed that actually the New Zealand Ministry of Health actually has one of these online calculators, which you can find by Googling or we can provide the link as well. Perfect. You've done some of my job for me. Thank you so much. Um, a BMI over 30, Maya, generally means that you're what? we call obese, yes, and there's no doubting that obesity is bad for all the reasons we know about. That is the currently designated category for obesity. Um, I will say the literature on BMI and mortality is often pretty weak methodologically, um, but indeed the evidence relating obesity as opposed to being overweight with higher mortality is a lot clearer and more consistent than the evidence on being overweight, which is a BMI of between 25 and 29.9. And even you, I think, had always assumed maybe like the rest of us, that just being overweight decreases lifespans, and that's wrong. Yeah, I really did make that assumption, Um, and I really didn't have any special interest in BMI, but I guess my perceptions were just shaped by, you know, whatever exposure I have to public health messaging and, you know, my own interactions with primary care practitioners. And in fact, even the Centers for Disease Control in the U.S. and the World Health Organization actually clearly say that being overweight decreases lifespan. Um, But really, those perceptions are not very well aligned with the current evidence base. Okay. Before we get to that aspect of it, and a lot of primary caregivers, what we call GPs in New Zealand, get this wrong as well. You gave them an imaginary case study to consider, didn't you? Yeah, So we gave them uh, descriptions of two patients who were exactly identical apart from their BMI. And we asked the physicians to estimate this person's risk of dying uh, in each case. And so that's how we figured out uh, what their perceptions were of risk. And we also separately asked them directly to just tell us what they thought the risk was, independent of having these uh, these descriptions of patients. And they perceived... uh quite a percentage increase in risk if they thought the person had too much weight on. They did. Uh, Depending on how we analyzed the data, it was between a 25% and a 59% increased risk that they perceived. And that is uh, really quite a lot higher than what the empirical evidence actually suggests is true. Again, this is for overweight BMIs rather than obese BMIs. In the real world, I suppose a physician would rely on cholesterol levels and other markers to assess a patient's health. But you suspect there's just a blanket assumption that extra kilos equals poorer health. 
Yeah. So we do know, based on the design of the study, that their risk assessments are being affected by the BMI itself. It's not just the related health markers. Um, so we found that the GPs significantly overestimated risks associated with being overweight uh, relative to what's understood from the current evidence. And before I mention your study, wasn't there a big piece of meta-analysis about seven years ago that did find a link between being overweight and higher mortality? That's right. That would be the meta-analysis by what's called the Global BMI Mortality Collaboration. And I think there's a few important things to note here. Um, It was a very ambitious study, uh, but it did have some important methodological limitations. Also, a lot of these studies uh, really did not control for some important variables like diet and exercise, and that could actually result in bias in the the results. Um, And even if we take these findings at face value, I think it's really important to note that the association is pretty weak. Um, It's about an 11% increased risk of mortality for those who are overweight versus normal weight. So substantially below what the primary care physicians are estimating. And many other studies have actually found similarly weak associations in the opposite direction. So actually protective effects of being overweight. I'm sure we all know people who are beefy, you know, and or whatever word you use over there, and healthy, you know, they keep fit. But otherwise, why would quite a high BMI, as you say, in the late 20s, why would it confer health benefits or at least not be important in terms of your long-term health? It's kind of, we probably can't quite get this through our heads. Yeah, and we don't really know for sure um, in terms of the actual mechanisms. There are some interesting hypotheses. So one is that um, if someone is metabolically healthy, so you mentioned someone who's, uh, you know, quite fit and active, Um, The hypothesis goes that maybe having more subcutaneous fat specifically might provide a kind of safe reserve for fat that's consumed, um, as opposed to if someone doesn't have those reserves. And this is because essentially subcutaneous fat is thought to be not inherently harmful, whereas fat that is visceral fat, so around in in someone's stomach and around their organs, um, is thought to be more harmful. That's why they say, don't they, that's why they advise people who are actually quite old not to lose too much weight because the weight protects you in old old age especially yeah that's that's the thinking and there is some empirical evidence to to suggest this that um if anything the optimal bmi seems to maybe get higher um as one ages and so that that could be uh one reason there's kind of additional physical reserve to buffer someone against let's say infectious diseases and things like that now it's possible also that that result is due to methodological biases, so we can't hang our hat on it yet, but it is an interesting possibility. So if you control for obvious factors like whether people smoke or not, what is the BMI range you want to be in if you're a bit overweight but not obese? Just to clarify again. Yeah, this is the million-dollar question. So I have a lot of uncertainty about this given the evidence, but if I had to guess based on what we currently have, subject to its limitations, I would guess that a BMI of about 22 to 29 is probably best for most people. Um, That range goes from basically the middle of what's currently designated as normal to just below what's currently designated as obese. So that range is higher than what we currently call the normal BMI category. But as you alluded earlier, it does seem like the optimal BMI uh, probably does differ by characteristics like age, sex, race, 
Um, and so we clearly need better research in diverse populations to sort this out. Uh, but recent better design studies do generally seem to point in this direction. Why are overweight people lumped in together with obese people? You know, the phrase is overweight or obese, usually, isn't it? That's what we hear. Yeah, I think this is a crux of what's uh, troubling about some of the public health messaging. Um, and perhaps it's just out of kind of convenience. It's easier to just refer to higher BMIs versus lower BMIs. And this is indeed what a lot of major health organizations do, the Centers for Disease Control, the WHO, and, and others. But uh, that lumping really does obscure the differing associations of these two BMI categories with mortality. The best we know is that it's a J-shaped relationship. So uh, lower BMIs are uh, most likely bad. Higher BMIs are most likely start to be bad at some point, but there's a sweet spot in the middle, which we don't know exactly where it is, uh, that is kind of the minimal risk. And, and that may well be uh, quite a bit higher than, we, than we've uh, sometimes communicated to the public. So, Maya, your main concern would be that those of us who could afford to lose a few pounds but are not in danger are being wrongly assessed, especially in an age where in both our countries consultation times have got shorter and shorter and the doctor might just look at you and think, oh, too much weight on and without going any further and all of a sudden you're being categorised wrongly. Yeah, and I think with limited time for uh, assessing and counselling patients, Doctors always do need to prioritize the things they think will help patients most um, in terms of being healthy and functional and living a long and healthy life. And so I think in the case of patients who have overweight BMIs, um, given the current state of the evidence, I think doctors would be probably justified in focusing a little bit more on assessing kind of metabolic health and gearing their recommendations around how to improve that um, and if a patient does have evidence of metabolic dysfunction, which on which the evidence is much clearer uh, that this is bad, um, then you know it would make sense to to really focus on that, which could involve exercise, diet, and uh, potentially weight loss. But you know maybe weight loss exclusively shouldn't be um, the only focus. We're in a fairly tyrannical age in terms of you know how we look, aren't we? And a lot of people are very careful about achieving a look. Uh, usually a slim look. There's possibly danger in being prescribed weight loss drugs like Ozempic when there is absolutely no need beyond the cosmetic? Yeah, I think for all drugs, there's always going to be a risk to benefit ratio that we need to consider and weighing whether it makes sense for someone to take it. And I think we especially need to be careful when we try to extrapolate data about risk benefit ratios that are drawn from one population so you know these drugs have generally been studied in um, significantly obese populations we need to be careful about extrapolating risk benefits from that population to individuals who are maybe more uh, in the overweight bmi category um, it may not be that the same risk to benefit ratio applies it could be that the risks more outweigh the benefits when uh, the bmi is is less high um, so, you know, we want to avoid doing more harm than good. So your overall conclusion, if I read this rightly, is that those of us whose BMI is in the 20s, maybe even nudging up towards the 30s, as long as we're doing the right things in the rest of our life and to a certain extent, we can afford to relax a bit. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I hesitate only because the evidence is still uh, kind of weak, but I would say, you know, the current messaging is, um, I think, 
uh, a little bit too concerned about BMIs in that category, given what we currently know. Uh, Good to talk to you and to have that research, Maya. Thank you very much for your time. It was a pleasure. Thank you.